to get feedback on your idea, you need to get feedback. Like as easy as it sounds, it's like many people don't even go to the people who are going to sell something. What's your product? Who do you want to sell to? And then start going out and check if they actually want to sell it. Test something like this. You could just no. go to people, you know, hey, would you like some interesting masks? You know, would you like some unicorn mask? Ask the people to be interested how it needed to look like. You know, and then make a prototype and sell it. So today I want to introduce to you on my podcast, Mr. Mikhail Kosak, who is the co-founder and head of global community at Dudash. He works at making startups investable and he's been on it relentlessly for years and years on. We'll discuss with him about the startup ecosystem in India and much more. So, Mr. Mikhail, how are you? Well, doing good. Thanks for having me, Vatik. Has been also some time since we, let's say, last met in person. We have seen each other, let's say, digitally, but yeah. uh, since that time. Yeah, I guess we missed last year, right? Yeah, it was. When was it? I'm not sure the exact day anymore, but yeah, it was yeah. somewhere around, I think, like autumn, uh, yeah. winter, like last year in Delhi. I think it was quite nice. Right. So, Mikhail, I know that you love traveling and you've been traveling across the globe lately and you've been on a run for building global communities. So what do you think mm. about that and what can you tell us about your experience traveling and what it has taught you traveling mm. across the globe? I think it's important kind of like expanding your horizon, like meeting new people, whereas I would say a certain limit to what you can experience, um, what you can learn in like your own company, your own place. I think it's important to mingle with our cultures because everybody has a, a different mindset, different values, different habits and ways to, to live, you know, to experience life. And when you go to other countries, other places, you learn things are not as necessarily everywhere as you are used to them. And I think it taught me a lot of things. I think being more flexible, being more open about different approaches, not being too rigid and thinking like, that's how it is. You know, for example, Germans are always known on being very straight lined, you know, like doing things in a proper manner in this order and that's how it is. And then, you know, like living in China, living in India, I learned a bit, things can be a bit more flexible from time to time, right? And there's difference here. And I think that's important and why I would suggest anybody take some time to live abroad, experience, travel, and really absorb that and, and seeing like to change as a person, you know, really seeing that where's more to the world than just, let's say, your country, your place, your city, you know, however small you want to define it. Right. So I've been seeing that you've lately been actively creating a startup ecosystem in India and you've been making startups investable here and across the globe, for sure. So I want to ask you about India and uh, how have you been working on it and how did your visit to India help you understand the market and how did you build, build up on that? Mm -hmm. So I think like when you really want to do business with a country or the people where it really helps when you have been to that place, when you understand how the people are thinking, the habits, where's one thing reading about things. So I have a background to national business and also in my undergrad, I learned extensively about emerging markets. India was one of them and seeing like how the culture, infrastructure, politics, all these things. But it's very different when you kind of really get down with your feet into the country and you see how the people interact with you. 
uh, you learn how kind of like things are different than maybe you envision them in books or anything. Um, I think that really helped, you know, like when I interacted with people, when I went to startup events, when I noticed that, for example, with networking, people were a bit more, I don't want to say shy, but people took a bit longer to warm up when it comes, because I think they're just used to, in, let's say, these networking events um, in India. I saw that many of these things are very recent, while, let's say, in Germany, we have been a bit longer around, and people seem to be more open about just random networking, seeing what can we do here. So that's also something, you know, I had to understand and adjust. But at the same time, I noticed, for example, many Indians had a strong drive to really create, make something, put in long hours, like work effort, um, which I saw was a lot stronger than people from many other countries. And that gave me some perspective on that. And now, as you asked, about this global community that we're building with Doodash. So we launched a bit over three months our community platform, which is kind of the first product, which we started as Doodash to really help startups get to the point of investability. And where we got a lot of Indians onboarded who really thought any entrepreneurs, investors who said, hey, I want to create something and make a difference. And we noticed like many people, of course, have different challenges, different struggles. Some need more very early stage validation, you know, help them getting onto a path. Other people are a bit further, really need to help them on getting prepared for investors. Maybe a pitch deck is not uh, proper. Or you need kind of more traction, success factors. You know, you have already a product, but the investors would like to see that you can actually sell it, that you have some customers. So that's what I've been working on and have been very engaged with many Indians. And maybe also yeah. interesting... When we talk about India, last thing I think we wanted to add what we are doing already, we thought about starting local communities globally for Doodash because entrepreneurs need to exchange also on a local level. And for that, we started a city leader program. We got many Indian city leaders already started, like in Ahmedabad, in Bhubaneswar, Delhi, Bangalore, as an example where these people now started starting their first events, local Doodash city events, um, engaging with the founders, universities, the investors and seeing what they need. So we have done a lot already with India and we'll continue on that path. Awesome. So, wow. So one thing I found really interesting while you were speaking and I want to highlight that to the audience, it was that you mentioned that you read, in the, read about India in the books and contrary to what you read in the books, the experience was much different. Like, obviously, what we read is different from what we actually experience in real life. Because we read a lot of books and we uh, certainly underplay the importance of first-hand experience. Very, very important. The thing is, where's a lot of value to kind of like educating books and reading. So people should do that. And uh, if you kind of consult different resources and get a proper look. I think you can get a good picture, but only when you really experience it, you really feel it really deep down, you know, like uh, entrepreneurs, especially in entrepreneurship, you know, we say uh, you cannot really learn about entrepreneurship. I'm just taking quotation marks. So it's, it's, you can learn about what I mean with that is you need to experience it to really execute upon it. You know, you can read 10,000 books about kind of going out to customers, understanding if they want a product or not, um, kind of creating your product, uh, selling it actually. But to really do it, you need to do it. You know, you cannot sell something before you sold it. You know, if you said, I read a hundred books about selling, nobody's going to say, hey, you are a master seller. You know how to sell. Yeah. You have to go out and sell it. If you sold, like, let's say, thousands and thousands of products very successfully, 
that's a different game. And that's the same with entrepreneurship. You need to go out, you need to experience it, you need to savor it. And same with intercultural exchange. You know, you can read about it, you can talk about it. Yeah. But uh, if you only, let's say, as an Indian, if you imagine you're from Delhi, um, let's say you only speak Hindi in your family, and that's like your whole bubble. You only talk maybe with other people from the region, maybe from Delhi, Haryana, UP region. But you never experience even, let's say, on other Indian cultures. You don't experience people from outside India. And right. even if you read a thousand books about other cultures, you still need to do that experience. With that, I come to my next question for you. I want to ask, uh, so Mr. Michael has been juggling a lot of things. Uh, he's been, uh, he's, he's actually pursuing a university degree. Simultaneously, he's working a job and he's also a co-founder at Dudash. So I want to ask you, since you're juggling so many things and I must say squeezing time would be such a tough thing for you. So how do you manage time? And time management, I think, is a really important lesson for us. And uh, what are your tips on that for the, gen- for the audience that is watching this podcast? Yeah, time management can be a tricky thing. Um, I must say I wouldn't advise anybody doing what I did, juggling so many things. But I must personally say I said, uh, now is the time I need to do it. And there wasn't really much an alternative for me because I really wanted to do this, really want to be an entrepreneur, help others. So I just went into it. But when it comes to time management, I think you really clearly need to define your priorities. You know, really see like, what do you want to get out of the day? What do you want to do? Like, what's your overarching goals? So of course, for me with DoDash, I'm focused on, you know, building that community, engaging that. And so here I've been a lot of thinking, okay, I need to get more people involved in the community and make sure they feel engaged, they feel happy, we have the feeling like I'm he- we are helping them, you know, as a community. So this is yeah. one big priority for me as a community to do that. At the same time, you know, if I have stuff like uh, my thesis, uh, getting that stuff done. Um, so it's kind of like bigger goals. And then you need to structure, I guess, your time. You know, what do you want to do in a month? So usually I set down what's my monthly goals, um, what's my weekly goals to kind of cut it down. And from where you need to see every day, I would usually say, okay, what's your top three priorities in the day? Really your top three. Where is like a limit to how much, I guess, the brain can handle, how much you can do in a day. But I think yeah. that gives you some idea if you say, okay, these are my top priorities. I really need to get them done today. And you need to be realistic, right? If a tasks need like five hours and you said three, five hour tasks in a day, you will definitely not do all three of them. Maybe even not even two of them. Um, so you need to really show how much time do you have in that day, what you're going to do. And also you need to kind of differentiate which tasks are the most relevant and which tasks are, let's say, kind of complementary. You know, mm-hmm. I have lists of which are like minor tasks. We need to be done, you know, but you need to kind of like say to limit yourself and not be kind of like focused too much on that. Um, yeah. That can also happen often, you know, that when you have like a lot of work, you start doing all these different things, but you don't yeah. focus on the most important. I like, I think, I think it was Pareto principle. If I got the, I hope I didn't, um, was correct for name, um, where you have like this 80-20 principle where yeah. kind of like you have to do 20% of your work gives 80% of the results. Some people would even say 10% gives 90% of the results. And I think that's the same with most in life. You know, you need to focus on the essentials. And then there's a lot of stuff that doesn't happen and you still do see what still needs to be done. And as an entrepreneur, even more so, you have always more work than time. 
So you need to say, what is the most important work? What needs to be done? And that's what you focus on. And I guess at some point, if you notice there's too much work left being behind, you might need to think about expanding and hiring people. But I guess that's the general gist I get of it. So one very important thing when someone starts a business is how do they validate their business and make sure that the business that they're doing is actually going to sell. So Michael, any tips on validating a business? Mm -hmm. I think the essence, I think let's start with that first because many people don't get that right. To get feedback on your idea, you need to get feedback. Like as easy as it sounds, it's like many people don't even go to the people who are going to sell something. Like, okay, what's your product? Who do you want to sell to? And then start going out and check if I actually want to sell it. I'll give you a very easy example. Um, something funny to, to make it interesting. Yeah. So I like a bit of crazy stuff, uh, a bit of unusual things. And I recently thought, okay, startups, unicorns. So, you know, people always talk about it. How do I get a unicorn mask? And maybe I do some fun videos. I tried a bit of TikTok for some time. <laughs> and so I thought I'd just buy like a unicorn mask. Yeah. You know, and... I actually have it here below. Oh, wow. This beautiful thing here. <laughs> you know, and I think like if you want to test something like this, you could just right. go to people, you know, hey, would you like some interesting masks? You know, would you like some unicorn mask? Ask the people to be interested how needed to look like, you know, and then make a prototype and sell it. It's, <laughs> I guess it's as easy as that in a sense. And even with more complicated product, then you just have a maybe more simple prototype. You know, even if it's an app, um, if it's a complex product, you can draw something, you can showcase how it looks like. Um, you need to get like a commitment by people uh, to say yeah. first, like of course, yes. And then of course, ideally, how do you get to people to say, okay, um, what are you willing to buy for that price? And uh, I prepared, you know, I will create it for you. And that's what people miss often to just kind of, ask to say what's your opinion you know what's your feedback on the idea what would you change what do you need um, really getting to the bottom of it products you know selling something at the end of the day is just solving problems anything you know yeah. my earphones i can listen you know um, my shirt i have some warmth i have some clothing um, I have my the house here, you know, so I have my walls, so it's cozy, it feels nice. Yeah. The food I would eat, you know, it's kind of anything is to solve any kind of problem. I think that's always should be the core of it, um, that you solve a problem. Of course, there are a couple of products which are kind of more like vitamin pills, I would call them. It's like nice to haves, right? But ideally, you know, like think about solving a problem. Even your kind of nice to haves are solving some problem, even if it's not an urgent one. So, Mikhail, you've spent, you've spent three months in India? Mm, a bit more. I was six months. Six, uh, six months, basically. Like, I stayed half a year in India yeah, from yeah, last summer until, like, I was returned beginning of January. This year, I came back to Germany. You know, I've been most of the time the Delhi NCR area, like Delhi, or like I went to something to Noida, Gugang, Faridabad, like all these places. So I discount that as traveling because that's kind of yeah. a vicinity. But otherwise, you know, I visited like the UP. I went to um, uh, Lucknow. You, I went you were to, on a ferry and a boat somewhere. I saw your Instagram. A lot, a lot. You know, what I did is first I did like a kind of a trip through let's say some northern north northeast like um, west bengal area i went to like lucknow varanasi kolkata bubaneshwar and odisha yeah. and i did it with trains so i took like trains 
I went to Lucknow, uh, stayed yeah. a day, you know, later I took like a night train down where yeah. I always took like a night train, stayed a day, like, and go on and go on. The boat tour that was in Varanasi, you know, uh, on the Ganges, that was very beautiful. You know, I came and mm. I arrived, I think 4 a.m. in the morning, mm. uh, very early, 4 or 5 a.m., something with a night train. And, you know, I thought my hotel is not open yet. Um, the, day, the sun is rising. So I just <laughs> went down to the Ganges and thought, uh, I want to see what this is all about. And, you know, I was going into that boat ride and I could really think like, wow, that's, and I don't know, like, this is hard to describe, you know, that feeling when you're on that boat, you see the river, you see that mm. uh, old holy city and mm. the people praying. And it's very, very fascinating. I think it was, I think one of the greatest moments uh, I had. For where you were, actually 4 a.m. is the prime time to be there. They call it the Brahm Mohurat. Do you know mm. about this? So it's 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 That's the right. prime time to worship God and take a bath. I was right at sun at sunrise. You know, I think yeah. like it was kind of getting up, and so when I was on the river, I could really see like the sun rising. Yeah. So I what I know of uh, the Hindu religion, it's basically that whatever actions that you do in puja, and the good de- the ceremonies and the good deeds that you're supposed to do, uh, actually prepare some sort of. Uh, mind space for you to progress spiritually so i want to ask you as we are doing this podcast at monk experience and as the name suggests we want to draw parallels between every every field of study to spirituality and if it helps you progress any any in any way in your own field so being to india getting all those spiritual experiences have you been able to basically bring them on to your marketing and uh, building this com- global community journey at Udash? Mm-hmm. Mm, I'm thinking so of course I would say like the spirit experience is mostly I would say for me personal um, it's not something I would usually kind of like to, people like here do this and um, do some um, religious rituals with me or mindfulness but I think for myself you know focusing more on okay maybe trying to do more yoga doing a bit more meditation uh, focusing more on myself um, bringing more clarity and I think also really helped me going down like more of an entrepreneurial path being grounded and having a sense of purpose around this so mm. for me religion or spirituality it's something mostly for me personally uh, mm. for me personally like uh, i've not been brought up in a family that's very religious or religion really mattered it was like um see what you want feel so i'm actually from my mother's side i'm jewish so i kind of learned a bit about it on all these things but for me it was never like a decision you need to do this my, my parents were like just live it do a thing um mm. So for me, religion is more something personal. You know, yeah. I never tended to do really focus on the aspect of like, I really need to be together with you. So for me, the whole experience in India was different, you know, suddenly like sharing that with these pujas and all these things. Because yeah. like the last times I would do this more actively was when I was more like a child, like a young teenager, when I went to a couple, um, how to say it? When I went to like Jewish events and experienced that, these things, but when I became like a teenager, I stopped that because for me, it was, I was really being active on that. Um, so religion is something personal for me, like spirituality. Like, and that gives me grounding and helps me in my life. Hmm. Right. Awesome. That's wonderful to know, Matan. I want to, next question is going to be like, uh, I, we actually met in around CP. 
last time when you were here. Yeah, yeah. Connaught Place. Yeah. Connaught Place. Yeah. So we were speaking about this very interesting thing that you had noticed in India, which is jugar. So I want <laughs> to, so I want to know a little bit from you because you seem to be very interested in this concept, and you wanted to, you know, you had your own insights into it. So I want mm-hmm, to know yeah. what are, what are those insights, and let's share it with you. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. So when we talk about like Jugar, this concept of let's say makeshift solutions, you know, you just find a, a, something that works. I was very interested in that because my life has a lot also been about experimentation, trying out stuff, you know, just, mm. just doing it, um, mm. going out, meeting people, you know. When I went to let's say China, you know, like I studied international business first. In my undergrad, I was focusing uh, on emerging markets, and I went to Shanghai for a year, doing like uh, one year of exchange. I also worked in a company where, kind of like a crazy experiment, you could think. You know, like people would say, "Okay, why would you go to China?" I said, "I find it fascinating. I want to learn about the culture, the people." And uh, also later with India, the same. People said again, like. After trying to go to India, I said, like, yeah, why not? It's a fascinating country. It's an interesting place. Um, I'm drawn to, let's say, new experiences, things that are different. And in this sense, Juga, I think, enables people to be open about it. You know, less saying, that's my life. If you think about, like, a box, that's what I'm known to. Juga, in a way, allows you to jump out of a box and try out new things. And I saw many very interesting examples. I'll give you a very simple example. I was at a small shop by getting some water i think uh, somewhere in the center i think near um the mosque uh, the big mosque Jama. i was just in the shop yeah Jama, uh, Masjid, no? i was like in a small shop um because i was thirsty i just saw oh, i had some water and uh, when i got the water i thought i would just go take a small break to the toilet and we had a mirror at first i didn't thought much about it when i saw the mirror was adjusted with a screwdriver on the wall we just put the screwdriver into the wall and then they hang with like a um a small kind of like cotton something we kind of put it to the, the mirror over the screwdriver yeah. and was holding where you know and it was very very interesting we said okay i don't have any nails what do i do i just put the screwdriver itself and yeah. What I love about this approach is that after many people would just say, well, it doesn't work. There's no solution. I don't know how to do it. End of story. We cannot do it. But for yeah. Jugar, people say, we just do it. We just try it out. And there's many different names for it, many different uh, alternative names. Um, I think the Brazilians have a different term for it. Okay. Um, I guess in other parts of East Asia, we have different names for it. Uh, many versions of it. Just in Germany, like I guess the concept of Jugar is like less familiar. <laughs> yeah, everything and... needs to be proper there. Uh, so that's that's a pretty good approach. So I want to know how did this actually uh, become intersectional for you? This coming from Germany and learning about Jugard, has it made you uh, any different in your business approach? Mm-hmm. So because I've been before to Asia already, I've been already a bit more... Le- known to kind of the flexibility that you have in many Asian countries. Mm. So that I already kind of like was more familiar with and kind of adjusted. Um, but of course, like in India, I got another strong dose of it. And I think it really helped me to kind of think, try new stuff, you know, see if what you're doing doesn't work, do something different. I think yeah. the worst thing you can do is continuing a loop that just doesn't work. If you do a hundred times the same thing over and over again, you get a hundred times the same results. But if you try a hundred things, and even if you fail a hundred times, at least you know a hundred ways it doesn't work. 
not when you try a different manner, a different way. So I would always say like, be open for experimentation, try out new things. Don't feel like the unknown or that something doesn't work out. Mm. You don't know if it works out or not until you do it with anything in life. With business, if you want to do marketing, I guess as you as an expert on that, um, if you want to sell something, a new product, or even personal life, you know, if uh, you are interested in meeting a person, you know, you're really interested in a girl or a boy, you don't know what will happen before you talk to a person. So mm. with anything in life, you need to be open about it. And Juga, I think, encapsulated that idea that you you just do what you, with the tools that you have, the stuff that is available to you, you find a solution. Mm. Nice. Nice. My, Mikhail, I want to learn about your journey as a start, as a person who started this uh, business and wanted to build a global community for entrepreneurs. And how was it before you got any investors in your business versus how it is now that you have investment and you seed funding and it's all going in a very structured way. So any lessons for someone who's building up on a starter? Uh, and what should he expect after he gets some of, some sort mm-hmm. of an investment for his business? Maybe to clarify first, so we're still bootstrapped. Um, so we're not like yet, uh, have yet like put investors into a business. Um, but we, I guess eventually we will get people on board. Of course, in the start, uh, we started with like own resources and build it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's always, I think, good starting yourself and seeing that you can sit, um, stand on your own legs and try to make some first revenues. Of course, then if you want to build like a big business, you will need investors at some point, um, but you shouldn't kind of think about you get an investor in the first month. Talking about differences between before investment or after investment. Uh, I guess before investment, I guess you would have like, it's your own business, your own freedom, whereas nobody else when except the co-founders. And maybe if some people, if people give you money, where in a sense already like, money give us, I wouldn't call investors, but if you have fans and family giving you money, you know, of course, you are also obliged to do a proper job for them, you know, and treat them properly. Um, that's one thing. I would say one very different is when you got investors into your business. Of course, like you need to be responsible. You need to show them, you know, like we have a trust in you. We believe that you can create something. That's where we put the capital in it. So you should honor kind of that responsibility and make the best to build the business, give them regular reports on what's happening, consult them if there are issues, if they have some insights. You know, we have an interesting session coming up for Dudash in, yeah, I think one and a half weeks, was it? On 25th of August, where we will talk actually about the topic of how to get value like uh, from investors, from angels, because investors more than just money. You know, we help yeah. you with connections, with our networks. We can help you with business experience, you know, what we've learned on that path. And that's, I think, a very big difference because then the investor can help you get more business opportunities, connect you with the right people, with hiring, supply chains, whatever, you know, all these different things. And that makes a difference, I think, between before and after investment. If you get an investor who only gives you money, you probably did the wrong choice because like an investor usually gives more than just money. You know, you should find an investor who can help you out strategically. You can help your business. Nice. So, um, when you started building this global community, I believe it was your uh, dream project. So, consider that you get an investment one month or two months, or probably a, ne- a year down the line. So, what mm-hmm. would you what would you personally look at 
since uh, an investor does come with his own connections and his network so but he also brings in his own vision into the business and it affects that where you started from how you envisioned mm-hmm. your global community to be so how do you hold on to that idea and get an investor also uh, get help from his connections and not let what you started to go astray and you know in different directions so you know you usually say when an investor wants to invest in you we do a lot of due diligence you know checking you and doing that you need to do your own due diligence what founders and startups sometimes forget do your own due diligence on the investor is the person experienced in what you're building and the spheres. So of course we're doing a lot of venture capital um, investments, all these things. So we'd need somebody who has expertise, who understands really that market, who understands this global startup ecosystem, uh, who understands building such global communities. Um, we were also building right now an application uh, focused to kind of really help startups with a whole investment process because I mentioned the community platform is only the first thing we started. And the long term, we want to help startups with a whole investment journey and uh, cut down a lot of work for automatization with AI. So ideally, people who have experiences maybe also in these industry sectors. So when you want investors, see that we're aligned, you know, personally with a vision, you know, what's the idea of that, that we're aligned with you, that we're right fit, that you don't have different expectations on where this whole thing should go um, to make sure we have the right connections. As you said, if there are certain people you want to get connected with, um, I think that could be helpful in certain industries that we have the right business experience, which can help you. So do your own kind of homework, do your due diligence on the investor, understand really if a person has the same vision as you will support you on the journey. And do we have the resources actually needed uh, to make it happen? Right. So, Mikhail, again, coming back to you managing a lot of things, uh, I want to know how do you focus on individual aspects? So, because when I make one video uh, for my podcast, I am actually thinking only about that video. And to focus on the next video that I'm already preparing for, I have to withdraw myself completely from the first video and focus solely uh, on this, the video I'm currently working on. So how do you, how, what is your process? How do you manage this? Depends a bit on what we're talking about, like where's the process, um, what so to so do. So if you're, you, you're working on your university uh, studies and thesis and uh, half an hour later, you have to work on Dudash. So how do you mm. withdraw yourself? What, your mm. mind has been totally into the thesis. Mm. How do you withdraw yourself and get on to your next uh, responsibility. So I've never had a big issue with jumping between topics and issues and these things. Uh, I can, I can do in one moment, like my uh, fo- focus on a thesis with community building. And uh, in the next moment, uh, I can talk about uh, making a good omelet. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it, it depends on you, like what, what works for you, what works best for you. So you need to learn about yourself. Um, so I don't mind jumping between different topics, but I think what can always help, you know, kind of getting some breathing, um, kind of calming yourself, just kind of letting go of your thoughts of the stuff in your mind, yeah. kind of like centering yourself and imagine that's like a, call it like a one minute meditation or however you want to call it. Maybe think, go out of, look out of a window or something let go of like all the stuff that were around your head and then focus on the other stuff. Cause usually I think what happens with people 
And even for me, like sometimes, even if I can jump, it happens also. You have a hard time letting go of the other stuff. You know, what's, what's around where floating. And that can interfere with your thought process. So usually what yeah. helps is thing with other stuff out, pushing that out. And then you start focusing on that other topic. And let's say if other problem is your, your mind is empty, there's nothing. Try to get some inspiration doing something. Um, you can call, watch a short video or read the text or something which is focused on the topic uh, you're active in just to get your mind to get into that process, you know, start uh, working. I would credit your ability to jump from one task to another uh, to the German genes that you have. Because when you are, when you are so... I actually don't have any German genes, you know, funny thing is. I'm culturally German, but uh, yeah. genetically I'm not German because um, my parents have like an East European heritage. Hmm. So I'm, let's say, I'm a big mixed bag, you know, like uh, yeah. I have my East European kind of uh, heritage genetically. I was born up in Germany with that culture. You know, I lived in different Asian countries, you know, like like India, China. Um, so, of course, yeah, maybe that's true. It's maybe that helped me kind of like this different cultures, different perspectives, kind of this mixture helped me kind of like look at different things instead of only focused one. So, Mikhail, with that, we come on to the last question. I want to ask you uh, to give uh, three advices for our entrepreneurs the final three tips that you want them to take away from this podcast? Mm -hmm. Three tips. I think one important thing is always be open for experimentation, trying new stuff, you know, like that Jugari attitude, as we would say. Yeah. And uh, be, be open to just go for it. You know, it doesn't matter what the results is, just try it out and see where it leads to. Um, I mm. think you will definitely get some great results out of it. Um, I would say always, you know, as an entrepreneur, validate your stuff. Really see if people need what you do. I think many entrepreneurs don't do that. Um, so I think very important here that you really go to the people and see, do I want it? Do I don't want it? If I, even if I want it or like, what can you improve? What you can make better and better, you mm -hmm. know, improve. And uh, that's, I think also very relevant. And I guess also, you know, get feedback, get help. And with that, I mean, like a general of a business, you know, don't do it alone, you know, build your team, exchange with others. How can you progress your business? And, you know, for all these things, you know, if I uh, want to get feedback on that or I have open questions so I can reach out to me, you know, I'm always on dodash, dodash.com. Yeah. Um, we have a very supportive community, whatever you need. Um, if you need feedback on your idea, if you need a co-founder, um, if you want to kind of get your investor readiness done, we can all do that. So we can just reach out to me or the dodash community and we are happy to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. So guys, I can vouch for Dudash. They've been doing an awesome job at building a community, global community for entrepreneurs. They help you with a lot of things. And as he, as Mikhail mentioned, they are actually working on building a wholesome solution for any startup. So they'll assist you from scratch till the end of your startup journey. I'll mention the links in the description. So for anyone who wants to check it out, can click on the links below. So with that, I want to say thank you to Mikhail. Thank you for being on the podcast. And that was the episode, guys. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next month. Bye-bye.